Hey, welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies and they go on our list that's getting longer by the day. I think we're almost at, are we at 100 yet? Over, uh, no. Over 100? Yet. We're getting there. Very close. All right, well, I'm John. With me as always is James and Dustin. James? Yep. And Dustin. Yellow. Mm-hmm. How are you guys? Great. Yeah, pretty good. That's cool. Can't hey. complain. No? Well, I could, I guess. You want to hear me bitch and moan? Don't we every week? <laughs> Do we? I don't know. It's the undertone of your. Oh, okay. You can hear it. You can hear it. I, I, I think dismissive. Mm. He's, oh, definitely. He's dismissive. definitely dismissive of everything that isn't what he wants to talk about. <laughs> oh, and if he hasn't watched, if he if he has no like emotional connection to it as a child, yeah, then it's automatically oh, going to get terrible. one point less. <laughs> Yeah, and like Ninja Turtles? Fuck that. Oh, movie. weird. <laughs> fucking take that back. I think it's a fucking classic. But. Well, before we get into what you guys watched, I'll say what I watched. Uh, so, we're in Spooktober. So, I watched a movie. And I thought this was a horror movie, and I guess it, it kind of turned out to be. So, I watched, uh, I watched a movie called Assassination Nation that came out, I think it was last year. Yeah. Have yeah, you guys I seen it? I saw that. You guys I see this not, thing? No. Home. What did you think, Dustin? Uh, I felt I think I remember feeling like it didn't totally work for me, but there was a lot of cool stuff going on in it or cool ideas in it. So I'd be interested to see what else uh, the director does next. But yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, it, it's that classic thing where there's a couple bits of violence throughout the film, but like really, it all culminates in like the final yeah, yeah. fifteen twenty minutes kind of but I really like I, I liked it it was all like social media stuff that set off this like yeah it's the somebody hacks so it's a small town it's like fucking Salem or something I think and this town and uh, somebody mm-hmm. hacks like the mayor and I don't want to give anything away in case it's not that old but yeah but um, it just sets off this whole thing it sets this whole thing teenager girls are t- kind of targeted I will say this um because I don't care that much about spoilers. If you don't want to hear about Assassination Nation to our 25 listeners, then you can skip ahead for a couple minutes. <laughs> but uh, do you remember it quite well? Like, do you uh, remember the characters? It's coming back to me now that you've brought it up. So there's the, there's the mayor. Yeah. And he, then he, he blows his face off <laughs> in front of everybody. Right. So then there's the second person that's hacked is the principal. Yeah. So the principal gets hacked. He... Everybody says he has to resign because they say he's a pedophile, right. which he isn't, mm-hmm. but they claim that he is. He defiantly goes up in front of the auditorium of, of like angry parents and stuff like that. And he's like, I, no, I will not retire. Yeah. Even though you think he's going to retire, but he won't. And then he just is gone. He's just gone from the movie. He doesn't come back into he it. He never comes back. You think, I thought he was going to come back and be like, help them yeah, yeah, yeah. or like, do sense. something. Yeah. But he just... He's just, just gone. Just a lost thread. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's just the... They cut him out. Yeah, might have gotten cut. Or else uh, or else they really sort of lost uh, grip on what they were doing. Because they, well, the they, establish, kind of, they establish him as being, like, an intelligent, sensitive, yeah, yeah. modern, like... Woke. Someone who will do the right thing He'll against th- the tide of a popular opinion or well, whatever. Yeah, and he even... He confronts one of the girls, one of the main four, four girls in the movie about some drawings that they did and he like 
he, he's completely understanding and like he's a great character mm-hmm. like a like a standout man in this world of horrible men and I just maybe they didn't want the girls to have to be helped by and that's what I thought a, a man character but w- I think it would have been great if they could have helped him then yeah, yeah. right because they help another guy who right. does something good like it, it just I don't know. I, I just it, it felt weird to put a bunch of stock into this character, like a bunch of energy, and then to have him just kind of fade away. Like mm-hmm. it, so, it automatically just feels a little weaker because of that. But yeah, it was a movie where I didn't. I definitely didn't feel like it was like an abject failure or anything. I just remember feeling like not totally won over by it, but I do remember feeling like oh, there's actually like a lot of cool things going on here. Yeah, but the the, the direct the everything about it is is pretty cool. Like the way that the filmmaker, I forget his name. He makes like every the direction, the the writing is pretty good. The acting is quite good. Um, they have like, I mean, it's obviously supposed to be this like very modern take on on um, like sexuality and like gender issues. Like they have a transgender character right, yeah. that's one of the heroes and all this stuff, and it, it just felt like. It's good to see that this movie was made, that it did... I think it did well as far as, like, video on demand and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And the hope that like, there are more films like this will get made. Yeah, like, hopefully this director gets uh, the opportunity to do something more and something... And then they can, you know... You get a little better at it each time, hopefully, and you... If you got cool ideas, that's a that's a good starting place, and then yeah. hopefully the next thing you do is like a little more cohesive or whatever. But. Yeah, Sam Levinson is the the writer. Unfortunately, it looks like it has uh, for whatever the fuck this is worth. Uh, it's seventy three percent Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't which isn't no, bad. It's decent, but it has fifth. Uh, was it? It only has a five point nine on IMDb. Yeah, well. people are stupid. <laughs> I feel like anything a little more artsy is going to have a lower rating on IMDb, and anything like a little more down the middle of the road is going to have a higher rating on IMDb. Sookie Waterhouse is in it. I hear her name. Yeah. (laughs) From time to time. Bill Skarsgård is in it, Pennywise. Oh, who is he in it? I don't remember he's that. A, he's the boyfriend to the main, I would say the main character, Odessa Young, Lily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's a... kind of a shit Joel McHale yeah right. Jolie McHale <laughs> as a as a villain he's a nasty man he's <laughs> a nasty mm-hmm. James yeah um, uh, I would like to ask you what you watched this week well uh, in preparation for the movie we're covering this week I watched Alien what is it 1979 that's right yeah, yeah. And uh, I've never seen it before, so... Um, it's a good idea to watch it before yeah. you watch the sequel, then. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good, uh, suspense-wise. Like, it's it's pretty entertaining. Top um, thriller? It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, you know, longer for me, but... <laughs> Well, it was it, it's not longer than this movie. I don't it? think it's longer than this movie, but it's just it's a it's a kind of drawn out to build the suspense, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, which yeah. is kind of it's what what it needs to do, right? Based, but, it's more. But yeah, and thriller. then um, I mean, we can get into you know 
aliens, but it's nice how the next movie kit like picks up basically immediately. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess immediately, but in the future. Right. Right. Yeah, because it's what fifty-seven years later yeah. in Aliens when she wakes up. Yeah, exactly. So I I watched the first one. I was hoping to watch the third one, but I didn't get there. Yeah, I watched Alien as well before we watched Aliens, <clears throat> and then I went on to watch Alien Three and Alien Resurrection, the fourth one. Uh, yeah. So, so like, does the third one and fourth one lean like just even more so into action? Or? No, the third one is pretty boring to be honest. I watched the thing that's called the special edition of it, where um, David Fincher had directed Alien Three, and then he had all these disagreements with the studio, and it was cut in a way that he didn't like, and then he oh. kind of has disavowed it, sort of. Oh, okay. I mean, his name is still on it, but um, so then when they were doing these special editions, uh, they did. They got Ridley Scott to do a director's cut of Alien on it, and, the, and then they did Cameron did a director's cut of Aliens. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember the director is French guy that directed Alien Resurrection. He did uh, City of Lost Children and Delicatessen and stuff like that. He also did a director's cut for this box set, but David Fincher was like, "No, I'm not interested in doing a, oh, <laughs> a director's really? cut." So what happened was this producer guy who was putting this box set together, he went in, took Fincher's notes. And he, like, recut the movie. He took some of the stuff out that was in the theatrical cut. He added more, a bunch of stuff in that was taken out yeah. of the theatrical cut. Uh, still a boring fucking movie, in my opinion. Did it make it better at all? I can't really say for sure, because it's been so long since I saw the theatrical cut of Alien 3. But um, I remember thinking it wasn't good, Alien 3. Like, what makes it boring? Well, can I want to talk about Alien 3. After we... Like, I want to... Our movie today is Aliens. Yeah. So, 1986. I want to get into Aliens first because I have questions about Alien 3 um, that I think would be serviced after we talk sure. about the main plot yeah. points yeah. and, you know, the yada yada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't, wanna, we don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. So, this is the point where I say roll the trailer, but we just watch the trailer and it is a fucking <laughs> clunker. Not a great trailer, at least not no. for our no. podcast purposes. So, no. instead. We'll just go right into it. I was going to think of something. You're going to hear Yogi Berra's home run call from the... I don't... I, but I, have, I can't pull anything. All right. So, Aliens. Dustin. Yeah. James. James. Who picked this movie? James did. Uh, I picked it. So, I picked it because, I mean, this is... I think what most people say is the best aliens. I don't know. Uh, well, it's between this and the first one. This one and people the first go back one. and forth. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it. It's on a lot of people's like, you know, high up on their list for best action movie. So, yeah. So I picked this. Um, so if you don't know what the movie is about, it's uh, it's about. Ripley, who's rescued by a deep salvage team after being in hypersleep for 57 years. Yeah, after the end of the first movie. And then she's brought back to, I guess, like a space station that's circling the Earth. And then basically ends up going back to the planet. What's the planet called? Or the moon? Uh, I can't remember what the... Nostromo... Stromo's the ship. That That's they, the ship. Yeah, from the first one. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyways, I don't think there's a podcast go, they, that exists that says, I don't know 
as much as this one. All we have to do is open well, up a few tabs. For some reason, I want to say that it was like a like a serial number because it's just like an outpost sort of place or something. But right. I don't know. So, you know, yeah, it's L L V four two six. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I so basically, nobody believes her that there's aliens there. You know, she says, check out this spot. They end the the colonists that are on the planet or the moon check it out and then they lose contact and then it's like this whole okay you can go like we'll kind of like forget all the shit that you did ruining the company's yeah. property and stuff from if the you go movie. back with this like special ops yeah, like marines yeah, yeah and figure out what's going on then they end up there and some crazy shit goes down. Sure does. <laughs> yeah. And well, she learns that, that must have been quite the wake up call for her too when she comes out of it and they're like, oh yeah, no, that place is safe. There's We have people that have been living there for like 30 years. Yeah, and it's like, what? No one's ever gotten eaten. And so I watched the director's cut, which shows you, there's like a clip where it shows that she had a daughter. And her daughter right, died. Yeah, yeah. Did we all we all watch the director's cut? Didn't we? Yeah, they didn't show the daughter though. They no, showed well, a picture. You a picture of her as an old lady or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, I, yeah. We watched. We watched. It was like two hours and forty somewhat. It was fucking long. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> that's not in the original. And I guess that that scene is supposed to emphasize like that she's a mother and that's why she has a right with a, with Newt. Yeah, a stronger the, bond. They find in the colony, the only one who's still alive when, once they get there. Yeah. I'm not sure how exactly, but she's like living in the walls and shit. I don't know. Right? <laughs> Can't they just like, you know, bleed and get through there? Or like, well, I don't, I don't think it's a matter. I just think they weren't really aware that she was there. Yeah. Like she's kind of beneath their notice or whatever. Like, I don't think they they don't do a good job. Well, not that's not fair to say. It's not they don't do a good job. They don't explain exactly how. They can she's sense. A, she's they, evaded them. Well, she's evaded them and how, how they're tracked. Like, is it sound? Is it smell? Like, at one point, right. one of them, uh, there's a, in the, tra- the trail that we just watched and disavowed, but <laughs> um, there's a there's a trailer, in the trailer they say, uh, there's a scene where, uh, what he says, I think it's Bill Paxton says, uh, somebody says, they cut the power. And I think Bill Paxton says, like, how they're like fucking animals or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like Hudson, they're, yeah. they're obviously not animals. Yeah, they're, you, they're smart. They're smart. So, like, you got to think maybe if they have bigger brains and they're, they're intelligent, they're not necessarily like animalistic in the sense that, like, they have incredible senses of smell or heat. Like, yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, they might too, but you're right. They don't really go into detail about the aliens smelling or sensing or whatever kind of stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, they don't even know they're there, really, until they go... I don't know if they're, like, sleeping or what, but they they don't actually know there's anyone on the planet, right. like, once they arrive, until they go down into that layer. Yeah, become people come and find them. And then all of a sudden they start, like, waking up or realizing there's people there and then start, like, attacking them. They right. seem to go into some kind of stasis or something like that for prolonged... Well, it's like they need um, they need hosts, right, for their 
with the face huggers like grab them and then plant a, a thing in them and then a it baby? grows inside them. A baby and face hugger? Come, and comes a out. chest burster? Well, then the, it's not the same thing that comes out of them. Like the face huggers are like a the, different yeah, sort the, of. The face hugger puts like an egg in them. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then like the a chest burster. And then the xenomorph, xenomorph thing yeah. is what comes out. I don't know their names. Well, you got it. Face hugger, xenomorph. Okay. So is that I the said, technical I think term? I call them face yeah, that's what people call face them. Face hugger is what face they call hugger. them. Xenomorph. Yeah. Xenomorph is like their more. Uh, their that's the thing that's that the people a- think of as the alien, the alien like the big yeah. black, slimy, along like uh, like oblong uh, head skull. Yeah, kind H- of thing. Is, is it H.E. Zeger? Like Geiger. Geiger. Yeah. Geiger, maybe. Geiger. Yeah, he designed he the aliens fuck. and some of the looks of that. That's like, you know, in the first movie when they go first into that ship because they find the alien ship crashed. Yeah. And they go down into it. And then that's like a really cool scene where you, there's like that big chair with like a with a, some sort of alien life form, like dead, just that's been dead for like thousands of years, presumably, or hundreds or whatever. Yeah. And then just the, chest, the and, chest is all broken. Yeah. Because obviously the things yeah. have come out of him. But, um,. Uh, that's a really cool moment in the first movie and you get to see that Giger sort of design of the the way the ships look and all that kind of shit so but I think they said in the first one they like they know what type of being that was in the chair that was in the chair because they said oh it's a so and so or it's a something I thought they just said oh it's some sort of alien life form they don't know exactly what okay Uh, I believe that um, the the species that's in the chair Thanos, <laughs> I believe, uh, in Prometheus, which is like a prequel. Then uh, those things it shows those things. Oh, uh, okay. Which is kind of unfortunate because that's one of the coolest sort of things about it is just like think you know you get to fill in some of this stuff in your head. Totally. Like, oh, here's this like dead alien. Who knows what the story was with these things? And they crashed here, and then yeah, they brought these with them from wherever. But yeah, uh, the look of the aliens is pretty awesome. Like, yeah, it's pretty. Awesome. They look amazing. Like they're gross and like they're just you know they're scary. Like they're yeah, they got the fangs and there's just like tons of just saliva just always like dripping out of their mouths and shit. And K- just like KY sw- jelly. Yeah, is that what it That's is? That's why. Yeah, from my understanding, it's just KY <laughs> just slopping everywhere. With a slippery it fucking so set. Uh, but they're just like soaked and always in like slime and shit. Yeah, looks good. Well, it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, multiple scenes where they're crawling all over the ceiling or crawling. Like, it's pretty creepy. Yeah, and this because in the first one they just are dealing sort of with one, aren't they? Yeah, they're dealing with one. And then this one, it's like, oh, there's a whole sh- bunch of them, like yeah. a whole fucking shitload of them. You get that scene with the Marines where they're like got their little radar thing and it's like they're they're coming closer they're getting closer to us where are they like and then they hope they look in the michael bn looks in the ceiling and then there's this like whole bunch of them crawling yeah totally yeah like so everybody goes to like they all go to this planet well we could before i guess we're jumping back in time like there's a pretty cool scene to get you into the whole concept of the of like what's going to happen when um the, I don't know, a, or presumably a, a husband, wife, and their two kids, like roll up on this like uh, spaceship. Yeah, they find the, like the this ship. is a jackpot, right? So they're sent there from the like the company that runs everything. Yeah, um, what is it called? It's a it's a hybrid name. 
there's like a Japanese name in it too. Yeah, and they're like they think the one that they got the jackpot, and then the dad comes back or the mom comes back, and it obviously things went really bad, and that leads into the film like to get us an idea that gets Sigourney Weaver and this Marine Force. Who's the leader? Well, there's they have this young guy with them, Gorman, Gorman. William Hope. Who's he's a like, real dipshit. Yeah, he, he has no experience. Well, and, they, and I think there's there's all this interesting stuff that the movie does. Sorry, that, Wayland Utani is the name of the company. Oh, yeah. So there's all this interesting stuff that, that I think the movie does that you don't necessarily notice on the first watch through. Um, like James Cameron's script is actually really... Wait, Michael Behan also wrote the movie? Yeah, that can't be true because he wasn't even brought on to be in the movie until a couple days before shooting. He replaced, um, or actually they'd already started shooting. He replaced uh, James Remar. Well, let's talk to James. He wrote this. Dexter's dad. Maybe he... Oh, I must have been looking at the wrong... Yeah, I think it's just written by James Cameron. Like the script is is actually yeah 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 I wrote it's the wrong his, one it's yeah. his script yeah so the script is is really smart like on second watching there's all these um these kind of the like clues these breadcrumbs that you don't really notice because you think you're watching one film and there's all this like subtle like um like corporate like commentary on corporations and mm-hmm. on, on corporate greed and on I'm I'm assuming the eighty like all that kind of stuff that's all kind of like laid out where um you know they put this Gorman guy in in charge of this of this expedition when there are Mike Michael Behan's character um Corporal Hicks is much more suited to actually be in control but it makes sense that he's that that be that Gorman's in charge because Burke Paul well, Reiser well the next level guy down is Sergeant Apone uh, Al Matthews and he, uh, he gets but he gets he killed, gets killed yeah. yeah but um, but uh, Burke Paul Reiser's character who's like you, at first he, he comes across as kind of this like understanding right he's from the company but he's but he's understands he's where Sigourney's coming you from should, and he's gonna help her but you can never trust them no. can't c- trust the company never, never trust okay. the company and he really shows his, his colors but like obviously they're gonna put Gorman in charge and not somebody who knows what they're doing because then they would never because he can be manipulated by the company guy that's ex- there exactly yeah. so and it's it's kind of a cool commentary on all that stuff if you're into that kind of thing about how you know Corporate Corporates don't come, come. People you work for don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> well, I think it's a smart script too, and the way that Cameron structures the th- the movie, um, it is a long movie. But well, especially when you're watching the director's cut. Although I feel like if, you know, if I were to watch it in the future, this is the version I would always watch because the things that they're added seem like, you know, they seem like good things in terms of fleshing out what the story of the movie is. Yeah, I think um, it only added like, well, it added like sixteen minutes or something. Yeah, like sixteen. That. It's a long months. movie, regardless. But the script is so good, and I'm not the biggest James Cameron fan, but like the guy is fucking talented <laughs> as hell. Yeah, I mean, clearly th- this is arguably. I mean, it's be- for me, it'd be between this and Terminator Two. Avatar. <laughs> Avatar for sure. <laughs> I mean, they're making five of them. <laughs> it must be good. Yeah, it's uh, gotta be. But between Terminator Two and this, like. He, he is damn near perfect for an action film. Like it's. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's a, okay. So that's a good question to ask, though. Like as far as an action movie, I don't know if it's damn near perfect. As far as as far close, as close. as far as like an incredible suspense 
thriller with heavy action. <laughs> it's good, but like die, we always talk about Die Hard. Like Die Hard is like the well, that is, is like the perfect. I said this is close to perfect. Yeah, uh, I think it's a bit too long. I think an action movie for the most part has to be shorter. I don't know if that's true. I mean, especially in the last 15, 20 years, we've yeah, seen that's a problem. Bigger. Sometimes it that's is. I think it has to be shorter. I think it has to be shorter. It's got to be like 90 minutes. I don't think it has to be 90 minutes. <laughs> that's not true because Die Hard is two hours. <laughs> it's got to be like two hours. Nine minutes. So what I was trying to say with the structure is the way... The oh, wait, way wait, you, we don't want to talk about this anymore? Well, no, no. This, is, this, we this, talk this about factors it. into what we're talking about right now. Um I appreciate the way he did this because the first half of the movie is all about building up to the, the building the suspense to what, and we're going to get that moment when here's the aliens and they're going to, con- they're going to have conflict now. Right. So like there isn't actually very much action in the first half of the movie, but I feel like it really is perfectly put together in that sense. And then the back half is like almost all action for the rest of the movie. Uh, it, it is, it, it is a very classic action plot but i think that's why this kind of falls a lot into like suspense thriller in a lot of ways too well yeah those factors are there I, I, coming off the first movie i think the fact that more... we're having the argument about this movie in any way in a positive way just shows how great the film is like we're not like being like this movie doesn't count as an action movie or anything like that we're saying it's uh, it's it's genre it's genre fluid. It's yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. Well, right? I mean, so he wanted to have the suspense because he wanted to kind of stay true to the first one, right? But he wanted to bring all but that then he, action. I mean, he amps it up way up, right. right? So it's like the first part is more suspenseful, and there's suspense throughout. But right. But you're building. You're building in the first half, and the, and even though you know there's not. Necessarily action in the first half. You know, you're getting to know all these marine characters, and you're seeing like Ripley, like how she f- fits in or doesn't fit in with these people. Right. Um, I don't think she fits in. Not really. I mean, anywhere. Like yeah, not even in yeah. the first one. Right in the first one too. She's. So I don't know what she's kind of solitary. F- like, like is she, she in the third she, one? She wants to quarantine in the first movie when those guys yeah. are exposed to something. She's the only one who's like, no, like the rules say we're not, we, we don't let you back in now. Yeah. <laughs> and the other people go against it. Right. Right. So she is kind of like this individual, like she, she doesn't like just bend to whatever is going on around her. She's not like pushed around. She's always firm on like what she thinks is the right thing to do. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so you guys think it's long? I I I didn't really think it was well, long. Here's the thing: it, I, it is long. Like you can't deny. No, sorry, it. it's long, but I didn't think it was too long. It's not too. Like, it's it's just it's long. It's the, and that's where I think this movie stands out, where it's long and sustainable and good. Right. It's it's a it's it's a credit to the film that it it can pull that off. Um. There's a little bit of skulking around with the with the counters, like the I don't know what they are, like these fucking, they, they look like metal detectors with like a, oh yeah, like there's a little bit of that that's like, well it's kind of similar to the is they have that in the first one too yeah, but there is kind of some of that which is like okay well we could. There's stuff that you can trim that, but I think that that you can't trim it out in the sense that 
they're, they're trying to make this taut thriller like this right. this like this tension have... is building and building where like it also goes into the horror like th- so i i was reading a bunch of lists and some like a lot of lists have this as uh not only one of the best action movies of all time but the great like the best movie about aliens period mm. like ever made and i can totally see that yeah i mean it would for sure have to be in consideration i would think what about et <laughs> I'm sure that's in consideration. They, they too. said they, they said go home. <laughs> said get out of here. Right. Get, get, the fuck out, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> go eat some Reese's pieces, you bitch. <laughs> Can't fuck with us. Um, the the Marines are just a lot of fun in this. Like uh, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. They're interplay. Like I mean, obviously Bill Paxton is fucking so fantastic. I'm gonna say this. It's almost a little bit too on point for Bill. Like he, def- Bill Paxton <laughs> to Bill Paxton. Bill, Bill Paxton. It is Bill Paxton. Definitely got better. Like I prefer Bill Paxton in um, True Lies. True Lies to this Bill Paxton. It's a similar performance. I don't it think, is similar. Uh, I, I he almost steals the show a little. No, bit, I don't think he I does because I don't no, think, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think he does, and it's I think awesome. it's only because. The writing wasn't good enough for him. Like he, he should have had better lines. He's always know. mumbling something. He is, like but even when there's some, like I, they're looking at something or they're doing something else, he's in the background mumbling. And I'm, about I something. think he did. I, I can't believe I'm hearing this from you. I, I think, think I think he's so good in this. No, no, I think he's really good. I think that he did the best with what he had, but I think that his character wasn't necessarily supposed to be as good and funny and engaging. Like. It, he could. He deserved better lines. They yeah, could have given I him. I don't have a problem with his lines in this. I'm, all I'm saying is, I I think they could have given him more. Is that that they wrote? I think they wrote down, and they could have written up a little bit. Like they they could have given him some more choice lines. I guess. What What's interesting with all the um, the scenes when they're like waking up and they're eating food and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Altogether, those scenes were all shot at the end of the movie, like after they were done filming. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Because they wanted them to build that relationship and have they it transfer. The, yeah, the camaraderie. Yeah. Let's talk about that scene for a second. Because, so I haven't said this, but I've never watched all of Alien and I've never seen Aliens until I watched it for the podcast. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, what's wrong with you, John? Have, we all have blind spots. <laughs> I mean, even James yeah. has seen Alien this week. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Aliens. I didn't have time this week to watch Alien. I watched Assassination Nation instead. Um, but um, good choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with. I'm comfortable with my choice. <laughs> John has chosen Assassination Nation over <laughs> over Alien. Alien. Just so that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he stands on things. You you want to talk about how the yeah I want, I want to talk about that scene that where everything's introduced where all the different characters are really introduced more for like because you see them kind of like get ready and stuff like that but the the dinner scene is when you see them kind of palling around palling around and showing their like it's it's like the scene when the new kid goes to school right and they. Like they sit at like they have to pick a table to sit at, kind of, and you kind of injected into a group that already knows each other. Exactly, and... yeah. So it was cool to see uh, the bishop character, uh, Landis Hendrickson, which is he's like I don't know, I I thought he was fucking awesome. Yeah, he's great, and and he's it's his part is interesting because of the first movie, where we have this other like uh, what do they call these guys? Hum- like synthetics, they're yeah. like, they're like robots. 
Um, in the first movie, you have Ash, played by Ian Holm, who is turns out to be a bit of a villain. And so at the beginning of this, we have Ripley, you know, she doesn't trust Bishop remotely. She's like, keep right. him the fuck away from me kind of thing. I kind of feel like that, that storyline is kind of weak in this, though. Really? Man, I thought it played so well because uh, obviously she's distrusting after the after her experience. And we got to remember, even though it's been 57 years, for her it's like, it just happened. No, I understand. And I get all that. I, I get the mistrust and... It, I think it falls too heavy into that trope of she mistrusts him and then it, in the end it's like, oh, actually, I shouldn't have you know, mistrusted him. He actually saved the day. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, this is, I think, one of the places this trope kind of I know. Yeah, was being so, formed. So I, I think I understand where James is coming from, but I do agree with, with you, Dustin, where this would be more of a trope if it had been 20 years or a year or whatever but this isn't this is this is literally for her this is months later like this is weeks later this is like uh, it's nothing well really it yeah it's like yeah a couple days yeah she woke up she woke up and now she's back and now she's confronted with this this you know Here's another one of these things. An this thing, this again. thing really fucked me. She tried to kill, tried to kill me, uh, you know, because they're built by the company or whatever. And but I think it's kind it plays of, into also her her lack of trust with the company, right? The I don't think she trusts is, anyone. Well, no, that's but, true. But, but she I, specifically doesn't trust this robot because it tried to fucking robots. murder her. <laughs> I think that this is also a really good um, choice for. The movies, if they're going to make more and more, and you know, if there's going to be a lot of world building, right, where they're introducing like the androids, and I think they do this in like Prometheus and stuff like later on when you find out that certain yeah, characters, Michael Fassbender and- yeah. So I, I think that it's actually really smart to like, introduce one another android again, but to also fall into that trope. The reason that you you know have tropes in movies a lot of the time is because they're easy, but a lot of times it's because they work. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have Bishop come back and for Bishop to be such an awesome character in this movie and have like an amazing, like one of the best scenes near the end uh, of the entire film. It, like I, I like it. I think it really works. And I like the introduction because you don't know he's an Android when he's introduced, when he grabs Bill Paxton's hand. Right. And, and he starts doing and the, he knife, does the knife game. The knife game yeah. And I thought that was really cool because I didn't know that he was in <laughs> Bill Paxton's reaction during that part. Yeah. Apparently when they shot it, uh, they didn't tell him they were going to do it. Oh, <laughs> they really? just grabbed him and started doing so it. So how'd they film that? Do you know? Oh, they sped it up. The, yeah. the, the thing. But, uh, but I don't, I don't know exactly how, if he actually did do the, maybe they were doing it like really slow, but I just think Paxton's face. So you're telling me. It's like his eyes are like, what? <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me the same guy that almost drowned Ed Harris didn't tell Bill Paxton that he was going to be part of the knife game in this movie. <laughs> Apparently, James Cameron, <laughs> tell your actors what's going on. Get a good reaction though. <laughs> he does. I really, I, I, I thought that was really cool. But I like that whole scene. I like how you like you, they introduce them all and they're all like chumming yeah. and stuff like that. And you get a good idea of them, and you know they have that whole like douchey bro mentality that you expect from. But what a they group of soldiers. What and, they don't do is other than Gorman. They don't make any of the Marines incompetent or stupid. Like, they don't... James Cameron yeah. is... Well, I mean, Vasquez, the, she's like the real tough 
lady in the crew, she has the, like the huge machine gun and stuff. Yeah. I mean, she does kind of make a sort of a dumb decision when they're like ordered by Gorman not to fire in there because yeah. they find out there's a bunch of they also, gas or whatever. I, I think though that it just plays into the trope of military special ops. Yeah. And a little bit of like, Oh, well this guy is that's giving me the orders is a fucking idiot. Yeah. So I'm going to keep my bullets. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in that scene, when they tell them to go to non-lethal, or non, 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 non-lethal, but when they're in the reactor, yeah, does she give, she pull out more? She keeps yeah, bullets to use. She, and then she has use, more. And she, and gives she, them, them. she gives them to somebody else, too. Yeah, um, sorry, um, I can't remember the other guy's name right now. Sorry, he, or I guess he's not on that list, yeah. But yeah, the other dude that's like her and that one other guy are like kind of, you can tell they're more chummy than... They fuck. ...with each other than with other people. But uh, but also the thing I wanted to quickly say about Bishop is he does have a part in the third movie. Oh, um, I want to get to the third movie after the, we're done. Oh, okay, you want to wait till the end? Yeah, wait till the end. Okay. Uh, yeah, but he does come back, so... Oh, that's interesting. So do we have any like favorite standout scenes? Yeah, I mean, there's so there's a ton. I really like, um, you know, when she, Ripley uses the the mech suit kind of thing. That shit looks so good. This is 1986. It looks really good. It looks so fucking good. And I mean, overall, like the effects, the costumes, the sets, the exteriors of the ships, and all that shit looks so fucking good it, compared all, to modern movies that. Yeah, it's all it's all practical. It's all it's all future. <laughs> oh, I thought James was gonna no. be like, it's practical. It, I was like trying to get it ahead of him. It's all futuristic. <laughs> Yeah. But yet is believable for the time that it was filmed, right? So yeah. it is practical. <laughs> Damn it, John. I mean, you just can't beat it. Like, obviously they had a decent budget for this thing, but like the aliens look great. The Marines and their their gear like looks great. Like, yeah, there's, the, there's some tech shit that's like, like I always think like, well, fuck, did no one ever think <laughs> that we're going to have an iPad? Like. <laughs> But yes, at the same yeah, time, Star did. at the same time, I'm not thinking about what we're gonna. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we've, I, we've talked about that before. Like you're like you know when movies from the past try to predict future things, and like, but I always think that stuff's fun. You know when it's like, because it's like um, it's like an alternate reality. Like here's what the future would have been like in some alternate version of if, when nothing ever when when we can go to space but we can't fucking have a screen that shows things <laughs> yeah. like in real time but that just shows when, you how hard it actually was to predict a lot of this shit like it's easy i guess it's easy to be like we're going to space now it's harder to be like we're going to have a fucking we're going to be able to have, four, have small devices in our hands yeah, that have 4K, like 4k you know. yeah, except for dick tracy did it so well that's true <laughs> um that's it, yeah. So, but yeah, just the look of it. And so when she's using the mech thing at the end, and she's fighting the queen, yeah, the fucking queen, the queen. It's <laughs> like, give her back to me, you bitch, or whatever. Stay away from me, bitch. She, yeah. Um, I wanted just to we we didn't really talk too much, and I think we should about how fucking awesome Sigourney Weaver is. Yeah, she's a fucking yeah, she's, badass. She's maybe the most badass woman action movie character. Well, there's what's her name. God damn! I hate, I'm so sorry. I've I've been trying to listen to our podcast. Yeah, and I've realized how much everybody says, but especially me says, "Oh, it's her," or "What's her name?" or "We, we don't say <laughs> who we're talking about." Well, it's that person in that thing that you know, you know, we watched with the shirt. <laughs> you know, 
the listeners know. Mila Jovovich? <laughs> Terminator. Oh, uh, Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, Linda, Linda Hamilton. Well, there you go. She's also a very badass character. Well, well this brings me back to the fact that James Cameron has a thing for women characters, and I think it ebbs and flows with his relationship status. Because I, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, she is. I think she's fucking great, and no one talks about Sigourney Weaver. Like, she's such a great character. In, like in in 2019, no one's no one talks about Sigourney Weaver, and I think that we should. Like, she's amazing, and she uh, she deserves a lot deserves a lot more. I don't know sound bites about like mm-hmm. amazing like women in film. Then she since she's yeah, especially okay eighty six too. Like it wasn't this wasn't a common thing to be seeing a female protagonist in an action film. Um, like she is the badass of these movies. And it's not because she's necessarily like the toughest or the, she's not better trained than the Marines. It's just because she has a practicality to her. She's, she's just smarter. She's smarter. Yeah. She's, yeah. and she's willing to do the thing that needs to be done. But she, so what is she? She's a, some kind of scientist or she's a, she's a, yeah. What was her position on the mine? Cause the first one, they're like a mining crew that's coming back from somewhere. Right. And then this one, she's with these Marines yeah the third one she's like in a prison planet a prison planet <laughs> yeah. oh, i want to hear this <laughs> i'm interested so james did you have a favorite six standout scene i would say the scene well it's kind of the build-up and then but the build-up is they set up those guns and then they're kind of like watching oh, the yeah, screen they, if they have movement then the guns will yeah, shoot so, so they're kind of watching the counter to see Oh, okay. Now we're down to this many bullets. Now we're done, and then, and then they're kind of waiting, and then they know they're coming. And it's like, well, there's they should be right on us, and then they look in the ceiling, and then they're fucking right on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun. Like it's pretty crazy when they look in. The, you really want to poke your you really want to <laughs> poke your head <laughs> up in there. <laughs> like, it's a good shot with them all creeping like yeah. and they're upside down like they're on the roof or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotta love it. Uh, yeah, I, I I like both those are, are two of my favorites. And just to say another one that I really like is I like the scene with Bishop where uh, he ends up getting where he's cut in half. Cut in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just the, the 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 effects in this movie are so much fun. Yeah, they're so much fun to watch. Uh, it's it, the the creature like the the design is just fucking next level. Like untouchable, um, so all of that kind of stuff, and then it kind of culminates for me in that bishop scene and how amazing that looks, mm-hmm. and the way it's all done, and it, it just I don't know. He's trying to grab Newt still, he's he's like, yeah. only, even though there's only half of them there, and, and there is they're this, getting sucked out the airlock thing. Yeah, and and there's this thing that like James was talking about earlier, where it's like this trope where like the you know she's afraid, and then he does something good, but like I like that stuff a lot of the time like when it stands out and it's bad it's bad and it sucks and it's not fun to watch but when it when it happens and it's good it's Mm. like that's the reason it exists is because when it's done well it like actually makes you feel good as a as a viewer you're like yeah like he did it like he's and like he's like struggling so hard like he's half a a, not a man but half an android like struggling to just fulfill this like yeah this this thing and it's like i don't know it it i 
Yeah, I guess for me, with with regards to that trope, is the it's not so much the trope; it's the fact that it's telegraphed so much. Like you can see it coming yeah, but right of, at the part beginning. Part of that is that you've seen this sort of thing <clears throat> done so many times, right? Yeah, I know. So, but this is going back to like before you necessarily would have seen this thing kind of I could, right. what I'd like to also say though is is like to James's point he's totally right that you can telegraph those things I think what what separates um, like amazing like like you know our echelon top echelon like movies from our good movies and then from our bad movies is the fact that they can telegraph that stuff you can see it coming and it still still works, works. yeah like right. and, and 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 to me like it's often not the fact that they uh, a movie shows me something new it's that a movie does something that i know is going to happen and it still gets me mm-hmm. like it right. still like hits me like i'd never seen it before and, and and in this movie it it does like in this movie i'm still like completely like wanting to like on the edge of my seat like yeah like fuck like this is awesome like do it like like savor mm-hmm. like you know yeah. and I, I think that's just what makes a movie like this is so amazing right and I totally get it and I mean it probably was like back then you probably didn't see that too much right but I guess like and I don't want to talk about this too much which I mean if you weren't a fucking loser and you watched this in 1986 <laughs> yeah when I was when you were one, one. <laughs> fuck you, were- you Dustin <laughs> Well, I, I didn't, I I didn't watch it in 1986 either. I, I wasn't eight, year, eight years old sneaking <laughs> into the movies watching it like you. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't want to talk about it, uh, this too much, but like James Cameron's other movie, which is, you know, he's coming out with multiple Avatar. I don't want to talk too much about it, but that is like him writing a movie that is full of tropes that have been so overdone it, it's like too much yeah yeah well it's interesting too because when you look look back at his career here he is you know making these very formative science fiction and action films like the terminator movies like yeah. you know aliens and then we get to avatar where it's like it's like he took all that stuff and just like dumbed it down and like yeah. gave it to us in like this most simplistic fashion he yeah, could. He made a pablum. And, and it's like wh- why? Like dude, you you were so you he was a cutting edge filmmaker for a long time. So I think a part of the reason that that might happen and I'm speaking about this without watching the movie is that and I who am I to say anything about James Cameron? But is it possible that he just changed his focus from storytelling and from that like, script and stuff like that to just being focused on um, the same way he was focused? <clears throat> excuse me, with on going to the lowest part of the ocean, <laughs> with with achieving a technical feat, yeah. instead of achieving. Yeah, a, no, I th- that seems to be the case. It's I just think, that you, it's just you got a question like, why would you want to get rid of one of the things? Because, because because what makes a great movie is not just well, the technical I mean, shit. I can give right? my opinion about that, which is just that with with age, I think that mm-hmm. a lot of especially men become more obsessed with being remembered for achievements that 
Oh, you think that's what it is? I, I, that no, I'm just at the top of my head. That's just speculating. Speculating. It's that you're you're remembered more for <laughs> for like winning a, a battle or for like creating something or for like introducing something than you are for like the nuances yeah, the nuances but, of your storytelling. But you don't think movie pe- fans are going to look back and go, the movies that I remember are Aliens and Terminator and they you know, are but and he, Abyss. The other odd thing is that he's also now a fucking like billionaire like he's he's yeah. not this dude who like from what i understand at times was like living in his fucking car like doing everything he could to make his like his movies get right made. the hunger isn't there yeah we, the other thing we got to be honest about is most directors work does not get better as the years go by he's Usually no kevin, he's no kevin smith and then and then they and then it you know it the, it declines to varying degrees not always but and, but often yeah and like i've i've started thinking a lot about criticizing people on this podcast and you know for our limited people who listen to us and, and just us in general and like just criticizing people in general I and mean, how they still got movies made and how there's still an achievement that like, yeah, is I mean, so far beyond what we've done. What but the thing is, like a person like James Cameron, I look at like everything he's achieved, everything he's done, and I think that for a person like him, there has to be something that is still like he's still thirsty for like doing something new, right? And I think that that it, it it's just that like if you're focused completely on doing something new, what's new to do in storytelling? Mm. I mean, he he has the money that he can do anything he wants with technology. Yeah. Like the motherfucker has literally gone to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> right. Like, like he's not of our world at this point. Like, so it, it's just more. Yeah. What can you do? Storytelling wise. So like, he's going to go advance things in other ways. Well, yeah, he's not trying to like, he's not, he's not trying to write the perfect scene anymore. He's trying to like, visually show you something that you've never seen before because it doesn't cost anything to but imagine if you could do both <laughs> yeah, yeah i but, mean i get what you're saying but I, I, think all, the, I think i there's think there's a lot of truth what you're i think saying. we all fall we all fall victim to that hubris though in a sense and that yeah but well look we're, we're movie fans we're not we're not you know making films ourselves but we got to be able to say our opinion of what we, we think do. about it we do and and I, I say that i'm just saying that i have a little trepidation yeah, Lately, we don't have to slag on people, well, but we, we can we say, have oh, slag, and I'm gonna slag on <laughs> I'm people, going, and I'm going to in the in future, the future <laughs> even though they've achieved more, well, <laughs> in some senses than I will ever. But I mean, I don't. It's an amazing film. Like the movie's amazing. It's gorgeous uh, for what it is in its brutality and its gruesomeness. Uh, like it's it's one of the most um, brutally uh, like visceral. um, cost not costumes but like creature wise like it's it's they're they're beautifully disgusting yeah uh yeah so like i've seen the movie before a few times over the years but for some reason this time watching it i was just like maybe it's because i watched it right after i had watched the first movie Mm -hmm. i was just like holy fuck this is a good fucking movie like i always liked it but i was like no this is this really is one of the best action films like probably ever made yeah uh and there's a reason that it ranks so highly well you know what i want to rank this movie i want to rank this movie and then post i want to talk about the third movie because i have some questions Oh, you want to rank? We want to rate. First? I want to rate the movie first. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking. I just wanted. To, what did you guys think of Newt? 
the performance by the kid. I thought she was good. Um, I, I, yeah, I found her to be one of the less annoying uh, child, child actors. actors. Yeah, child actor I thought she was, thought she was actually good. really good. There's um, there's this scene where, if I remember correctly, she looks absolutely terrified. Yeah, um, which gives me, which makes me think of Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. Um, and like, cause she's really good in Jurassic Park, that little girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't know her name. No one knows her name. <laughs> you know, there's like five you know, fucking people that know her name. <laughs> um, but like, I thought she was actually quite good. I don't know if that's the fact that she's the only child in a movie with adults, which mm. might help. She um, also doesn't talk a lot. She doesn't, and I also that's imagine James Cameron <laughs> treated yeah. her like shit. Um, <laughs> so... You know, maybe he just pulled an amazing performance out of her, um, but, but she's 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 good. She had no yeah. acting experience prior yeah. to this. That's, right. That's probably beneficial. Yeah, in yeah. some ways, I think it was. Yeah, you get those child actors. Sometimes they're too precocious. Ugh. They're too aware of you know being yeah. an actor, a kid actor. Yeah, that's know? why I didn't put my kids into acting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's rate it. All right, uh, James is your film. All right, so what's your reaction? My reaction is a nine, and overall a seven point eight. I gave this movie a reaction of a nine, and overall an eight point four. And mine was also a nine and eight point six. So we're all like, we're all there. Yeah. I think James, you struggled a little bit with the pacing. I always do. <laughs> Which is fine. It's good. The thing is, is that we all need to come at this from a different perspective. I Wait. was really going to start an argument with, with you about the pacing this time when I saw your score, but I was Uh-oh. like, Ugh. Well, bring it. <laughs> no. I just, I laid it, I kind of laid my case out earlier. Like, the way it's structured, I feel like the pacing is very purposeful the way that it is. Right. So, I mean, for me, it has to be, like, nonstop action. <laughs> and the only thing that moves it along is more action. So, so this more is, blood, more corpses. Yeah, exactly. This is tied for number nine with a. I think a, a, this is a, one of my babies, the Wild Bunch, at oh, eight point three. Wow. Tied. That is a tough choice. So I'll go first. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put the Wild Bunch ahead of it, uh, just because mm. it, that movie is uh, almost untouchable. Uh, to me personally, I, I think that the, the storytelling in the movie, the the gunfight, the, the the violence, the everything is so well balanced. It's uh, the acting is like fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, we the, didn't even talk about Michael Behan in this movie. No, we didn't actually. Who's we the should. best? Because he's D Hicks. Michael Behan is. Yes, Sorry, he, is, anyway, yeah. he is D. Hicks. I, uh, I, I get what you're saying about Wild Bunch for sure. Uh, to me, it's just the Wild Bunch is uh, is just <clears throat> almost untouchable. So I'm, I'm going to say that it goes behind the Wild Bunch. James. Um, you know, I agree the Wild Bunch is almost untouchable. <laughs> almost. <laughs> but uh, I think Aliens just overall, I think it's just slightly ahead of the wild bunch so i i'm gonna put aliens ahead of the wild bunch it's easy on me i i will say this dustin i understand why you would pick aliens like if like i i understand why aliens would go ahead of the wild bunch i totally do 
I think they deserve to be tied with one another. <laughs> this is I think this is like, might be the closest we've ever had for a good movie like for a good movie to ever be tied cuz they both excel in different ways. Yeah, that's the thing. They're very different movies. Yeah. To me it's just that the Wild Bunch is um it goes beyond just like the creature design and all that kind of stuff because they don't really have that, but it's but they the, have the, huge set pieces. The, and the mm-hmm. acting and the and the and the violence and like the way <laughs> it's like orchestrated in this like this beautiful like I don't know yeah so grotesque but like beautiful at the same time it's just like, it's amazing. I I am gonna have to put the Wild Bunch ahead of Aliens. I I fucking love Aliens. I'm sorry, James. Yeah, I'm just sorry for you. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. sorry for. Actually, turns out, list. turns out God is real, and the question is, what's better, the Wealth Puncher aliens and Dustin and John are going to hell? Yeah, no, I, I, I love, I love this movie, and I loved it more now than ever before watching it, but. The Wild Bunch is so fucking good. It's really a truly fantastic movie. Uh, it is a great movie. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Uh, that's a, I'm like, edge it out. They're both great movies. You know what this means? That means the raid drops out of the tenth spot, which is bullshit. No, Aliens is ten. Really, the Night Comes for Us should be like way up there, <laughs> along with the raid. <laughs> but there it is. We should break this down one day into just like by decade, by country. By continent, I mean, I think it means the list is getting pretty good if the raid is no longer in the top ten. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like my for heart it to, is for broken. It to get, I know, but for it to get pushed out, yeah. So let me break down our top ten uh, right now. We got Mad Max at number one, then John Wick, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Dark Knight, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Logan, Big Trouble in Little China, The Matrix, The Wild Bunch, and Aliens. Yeah, pretty. That's a pretty, pretty good, good list. Content. That's amazing. Like, if if you were to tell anybody, like, "Hey, here's ten action movies that you need to watch." Yeah, you're getting a, like you're, you're getting getting, a, getting, a, you're getting a, some different flavors there. Yeah, Man, I mean, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, great movie. <laughs> so, great I mean, fucking I think movie. That, I, well, to talk on that for a second, I think that Big Trouble in Little China might be the the best. Uh, watching that movie for this podcast has been like the greatest like entrance of like film love into my life of yeah. like I love that movie now so much so. it's a, it's such a nice little treat watching that yeah. movie but it really is I, before we before we uh, say our next movie I do want to talk about Aliens 3 for a second right okay so I want to know because I heard some shit <laughs> I heard some shit when I, when I talked to uh, when I talked to some people I worked with about Was Aliens 3 <laughs> it was not Dan um Alien cubed. So tell me, alien what happens to Newt? Square root of alien. Uh, yeah. So the ship they're on crashes on a planet. Uh, Sigourney is saved by Tywin Lannister. <laughs> uh, she's the only one who lived from the crash. Newt drowned because they crashed in the water. Uh, like really? And then Hicks got impaled. Okay, so here's here, I have a big. And pro- so then B- Bishop was destroyed, but later on she like plugs him back in. And he's all like trashed and shit, and like he has a, she has a conversation with him. Turns out an alien did get on board, uh, was in the ship. Blah blah blah. Alien three. So she's on this planet where it's like a bunch of dudes are prisoners there, but they're like now voluntary voluntarily there, like um, and they're living this sort of weird celibate monk life. 
Weird. Oh, they're um, gonna rape somebody. Yeah, that sounds like a big old rape. That sounds scene like a going fucking, on. Yeah, so that sounds like I've seen a lady for a long time. So here's my problem with that though. Does that ruin the final action set piece of Aliens? Because to me, it does. I don't think it ruins it because Alien. You just you know, Aliens is its own movie. You watch Aliens, and that's cool, and then that's it. They get away at the end. No, but then, then you go to and you watch. Alien my 3, problem right? is, is that the entire fin- f- final scene, like final action set piece in Aliens, is them saving is her saving Newt. Yeah, I know. Right. So yeah. to put all of that into her saving Newt for it to only just mean yeah. nothing. No, well, it in- doesn't mean nothing because it affects. Ripley in the third movie, and then you're seeing how that affects her but moving you, forward. You see right? my point? No, no, I do, I do for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like so. Alien and Aliens are two movies. I mean, you don't have to, but you should watch them together because yeah, it's in, a, just in, a continuous in a close period. Of yeah, time. yeah. It sounds like Aliens no, Three is like I would almost say you could you should skip Alien Three. Just well, like, I'm going to say this which, right now. Well, Alien Resurrection, one. just real quick. Alien Resurrection, the fourth one, written by Joss Whedon. It's it's much more straightforward and simplistic than the first two. Wait, wait, who directed the fourth one? Uh, I can't remember the director's name. He's a French guy. He, the dir- he directed guy? Oh, Delicatessen, yeah, um, City of Lost Children, Amelie. Shit. Yeah, I, I starts with the what, it's like Jean. Something starts with the D. His last name maybe. Anyway, it's a really fun fucking movie. It's really fun. Like Is it? it's more it's almost got more of a slasher thing going on. But like Sigourney's really fun in it because Oh no, I got it wrong. Well, spoiler alert, she dies at the end of the third movie. Jean Pierre Fuck man. And then <laughs> she is a you clone. She's a clone in the fourth movie. Oh, uh, okay. And she beha- she behaves differently. So she has like a bit of a different oh. thing going on, and it's she actually really lisp. fun. It's really fun to watch her performance in that movie because she's not this exactly the same Ripley that we've known already. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, it's also the, obviously the template for Firefly, the movie, like because Whedon wrote it and was obviously like, "Oh, I want to keep writing about these people." So then he made Firefly. All right. Well, on that note, rest in peace, Ripley. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. What are we doing uh, next? Oh, shit. I always forget to do that part first. Um, so, <laughs> next time on the podcast, we'll be watching From Dusk Till Dawn. Continuing our October fun. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Please tell a friend. It's the most important thing you can do. Like us on Instagram and iTunes and all the other shit. But uh, most importantly, just download us and tell somebody and uh, steal their phone and download it for them. Uh, We'll see you next week.